Thanks for listening to Dad Pod. Welcome to the show, Charlie Clawson. Hello. How are you feeling? Ah, uh, good, good. I encountered my first uh, proper poo explosion on uh, uh, on the weekend. First poo explosion ever. Yeah, like proper no, but proper poo explosion in the sense that it was in contained quarters. Yeah, and it needed to be dealt with promptly. Was there a hull breach? Well, are we did <laughs> did we did we get to the point where there is now poo on the clothing and then on the swaddle? Uh, not on the clothing, but. Surrounding the room, so I'll just give you some context. We were on a plane, oh, uh, flying back to Sydney, and what uh, row? Uh, right at the front, <laughs> row one, uh, two, row two. Yeah, uh, we well, use points seven three seven. I oh, okay, use points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we thought we'd give ourselves some room. We'll treat oh a- shit, row two. Business class doesn't have a change table. A hundred percent. And that's Fuck what we you. found. Ironically, we thought we'd use our points to upgrade to business because we're like, we've got a lot of gear, we're traveling with a baby, let's make this hassle free. We don't have to get to the airport early, we can just rock up, get on yeah. the plane, no problem. We were informed before the plane took off that there was no change table in business that would have to go to the back. We're like, fine, she has not pooed on a flight. Yet. <laughs> Famous last words. So probably about halfway into a 90-minute flight, there was a rumble. We checked it, just a fart. Another rumble, just a fart. And then there was a third rumble that was loud enough for the entire section to hear. There was a um, flight attendant yes. who was sitting next to us, just catching a ride home, uh-huh. and she knew what had happened immediately. Uh-huh. And so thankfully she was able to alert everyone else. And so they sent a message down to the bathroom to say, hey, can you get the table ready because someone's uh, going to be bringing a baby down soon. Now, I was sitting on the aisle, so it was just easier for me to take the baby down. But Jem, look, I, I think she trusts me as a, as a father and as a parent, but she does make a point of reminding me about everything I'm about to do, like don't drop the baby, simple things. That really? Like, don't drop the baby? Not, not, not that simplistic, yeah. but stuff that makes me go, you realise like I have a vested interest in this as well. Yeah. Like I'm, it's not, not, I'm not a complete stranger in this uh, situation. Audrey does the same thing, yeah. uh, particularly when I'm driving. Like there's a stop sign, you should stop. Yeah. I do, I do I, have. Yeah, I wasn't planning on running straight through yeah. it. I've passed my driver's license in two countries now. Yeah. I'll be all right. I mean, I think I dropped a dummy on the way because as a beast of burden that I am now, as I was carrying all our luggage through the airport, one of the dummies dropped onto the ground and I picked it up and put it in my pocket and Jem said, make sure you don't give that to her. And I was like, I wasn't planning on it. Yes. Like, that, that's the thing. Anyway, minor, minor quibble. Yes. She said to me, just make sure you test the table before you put the baby on the change table. Test it for what? To make sure it's stable. Structural integrity. In structural integrity. So I don't put her on and she bounces off or Why? Right. People it. have, you know, joined the mile high club on the table and have, you know, weakened their foundations. Look, I complained about a lot of things, but that I thought, well, you know, that's probably good. I maybe haven't checked it. Maybe the stewardess hasn't extended it properly. Maybe she hasn't unfolded properly. Okay. So I get given the baby and because I'm right up the front as I'm going down and I got the nappy bag on my shoulder, every single person in that plane, like the looks I was getting, yeah. mainly from other parents, is like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And I could tell because it was that kind of half smiling, half knowing kind of like yeah. look. And I was like, why is everyone like giving me that look as I'm walking past, past, past? And then I get to the bathroom and then I realised there, there was one person in front, but they very graciously let me go in front. So they, yeah. they got me in and they closed the door. And as soon as I was in there, I was like, oh, my God, this is close quarters combat. There's absolutely no room to do anything. Like I could barely get the nappy bag off my shoulder. Yeah. So I put Iona down. I put out the change mat on the table, test the table, put the change mat on the table, put her on. But we are moving, and so she is, like, rocking and sliding. So I've got one hand holding her to make sure Iona is not enjoying this because her head's bumping against the plastic, and so she starts crying. And so in that 
tight quarters, that cry is amplified by about 100 times. So I'm like, okay. So I get everything out, get her onesie undone, get the nappy open, big, big mess, like big trouble in little bottom. (laughs) (laughs) It's everywhere, front, back, high up the back, you know, got up up the seal of the nappy, everything. All right, so between the shoulder blades? Not quite that far, but about halfway up there. Oh, yeah. So I whip out as many wet wipes as I can. And I I like to do, I think you do the similar thing with Wolfie. You you talk and you sing and you try and distract. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a song, but I've got to be honest with you, like if it was a movie and I'm the guy defusing the bomb, you could see the sweat like coming (laughs) down my face. I'm singing my little happy song. I start getting the wipes. I do a good job. I clean it. But now I have like a handful of like filthy wipes and I've still got to get the new nappy out. And I got the handful. Stabilise the baby. Um, Yeah, stabilise the baby. But I'm looking around. I can't find a sick bag. There's no sick bags because the table unfolds over the sick bags. no. So I start banging the door with my elbow and saying to the the attendant outside, hey, where do I get the sick bags from? So she can't come in to look for them because I'm in there. So with my elbow, I managed to get the bolt open and like push the door open with my back while still holding onto my baby in a handful of filthy wipes. She's like, oh, that's right. The sick bags are underneath the change table. Terrible design. Terrible. Terrible design. Boeing. Yeah, so she has to go get me sick bags. So she does that. So I'm trying to keep the door open with my foot while she's getting the sick bags while holding the baby. I'm like yeah. Inspector Gadget here, just like arms and yeah. legs Hands going everywhere. Hands full of poopy wipes. She comes back with a sick bag, shut the door, close the bolt again. But then trying to transfer that gigantic mound of pooing wipes into the sick bag – Poo starts going everywhere because I'm trying to shove it into that little sick bag, but, you know, one falls out and hits the mirror, another oh. one falls out onto the sink, another one then oh. some goes on my wrist. Oh, no. So I'm, like, shoving into the sick bag, but now there's, like, poo kind of everywhere. So I'm like, okay, is what is the priority now? I don't want to touch my baby with poo, but there's poo everywhere, and so if I don't clean up the poo... I'm going to be potentially contaminating her again. So I'm trying to hold the baby, pulling out more wipes to then do a cleanup of the poo that's everywhere. My elbows are bumping into everything. My head's bumping off against the sink. Like it's just, it's just a clusterfuck. Finally, I get that, um, give her one final wipe over, get out like a paper towel, give her a pat down and then start doing it up. By this stage, she's freaking out and I can see she's getting to escalation points. I'm like, I have to stop right now and calm her down because it's just going to get her to a point where maybe she won't be able to come down for the rest of the flight. So have to abandon getting her the new nappy on, pick her back up and calm her down, which thankfully didn't take too so long. So hang on, she's got no nappy on. No nappy. You're risking a wee. Yeah, totally. I was prepared to wear a wee at that yeah. stage. I was wearing a black T-shirt, so I figured what the hell. Yeah. Get her calmed down, then get her back, get the nappy on, get everything uh, done up and then I – got the sick bag into the in the toilet thing, I'm all done, and then I look down and there's a giant smear of poo down the side wall. So it's like, God damn it, again, have to put her back onto the mat because I've already repacked the nappy bag at this yeah. stage, get the wipes, which for some reason I put at the bottom of the nappy bag, Brilliant. back out, finally clean up, clean my hands and get out there. By the time <laughs> I got back to the seat, it was like put your seatbelts on where oh. we're now starting to descend to the ground. So I... I got back and Jen was, how was that? And I I thought of explaining how difficult it had been, but I was like, no, I can't. Yes. Because this will then lead to another caution next time I have to do this. Yeah. So I was like, it was fine. No big deal. It was absolutely fine. <laughs> but if I'm honest, Osh, 
It was intense. Well, she knows now. If she's listened to this, she's got a fair idea. <laughs> uh, no doubt it was intense. Man, That's I totally understand the whole idea. It's when the poo accidentally gets on the back of your hand or something and yeah. you don't realise and then you go to put it and then suddenly you've brushed the poo there and then now the poo's against his I'm point. I'm sure or- there's a system to it which makes sense, like one wipe, bag it, one wipe, bag it, one, but- I didn't think like that. I went wipe, 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 wipe until I had an enormous pile of wipes that I couldn't then deal with. But I also think it was the close quarters and the moving, the the degree of difficulty. It was like a stage of wipeout or it's a knockout (laughs) (laughs) or something, you know? Why have they got that swinging thing in the middle just to make it that extra bit harder? It's it's the amazing – what's it called? No, the one with the the ninja one. It's Ninja Warrior. Yeah, Ninja Ninja Warrior. Warrior. Uh, If there's one thing I can say around that, Audrey showed me a a, a great technique of when you first pull a nappy off and it's poo again. Get in, use the, the front, front part, part of the nappy to scrape, to scrape yep. the master man of the shit and then leave the poopy nappy there and as much as you can, use wipes, take the wipe, put it in the nappy, wipe in the nappy, ah, wipe in the nappy, wipe good. in the nappy. When you've got most of it done, roll the nappy over, wipe underneath where the poo is now in the small of their back and then new nappy under. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what we had to good. show. That's good. But I wouldn't have known if she hadn't showed me, but she only knows because she had a kid before this. That could be a distressing YouTube video, but it would get a lot of downloads. We should. I reckon we should make YouTube videos. I reckon we should make that. We should make the Charlie Clawson settling method. <laughs> yeah. I've now perfected the one-arm swaddle. Oh, yeah. We're on one-arm sleeping now. Are you still swaddling? Uh, one-arm swaddle, yeah. <sighs> yeah. For naps, he swaddles as a nap. Yeah, yeah. right. Because he just flings his, arm around, flings his arms around and wakes himself up. Yeah, right. So if we just leave him one hand, he can get that free, shove his fingers in his mouth, two down on them, and he goes back to sleep pretty simply. So, yeah. Oh, we should totally do videos. Yeah, dad pod YouTube. Dad tube. Do we put it on Instagram? I don't have to start another account. There's one more fucking thing to take care yeah, of. Yeah, no, nah, good point. It's too hard. Well, we'll just link him somehow. Uh, Anyone who knows how to do that, let us know. Please. <laughs> uh, speaking of being in public with a baby, um, baby. I, I was at, at the furniture shop the other day. We have a, a couch upstairs and we needed some new side tables for our couch that we got from one of the kind of bigger stores here in Sydney. And it's the couch, the little tables you put your drink on, yep. on, on the side of the couch. They attach to the side of the couch. And we need some new ones. And... It was like in a homemaker centre, this place. So we split up. Audrey went, like, I'm going down there to the appliance shop to go and get something that we need, and you go get these things. So I had baby on me, the baby Bjorn, the ergo baby. I've got the baby bag. I've got it all happening. We get there, and it's a nice couch shop, all right? They're nice sofas, all right? It's a, it's a, I'm, I'm thinking like Pretty Woman. Like she's, only, she's going down Rodeo Drive for the first time. It's, <laughs> it's a nice – they're nice You walk couches. in and they're immediately like snooty. Ours, I think, cost – I don't know, electronic thing, the seats go up. It was, oh. about, it was about five grand, six grand. They last for 10 years, dude. I was like, fuck, I'm not getting Ikea anymore. Let's actually get a recliner, and it's a good one. It's going to last us forever. And there's only two Ten seats. years. It's going to last you 40, mate. You know, we've got the two-seater. You can buy a 10-seater one, and this is going to cost you 25 grand. If you're buying a 25 grand sofa, you're going to want a nice shopping experience, all right? So yeah. it's, it's a nice place, yeah, yeah. all right? And so I'm in there. I'm ordering a thing. Wolf starts to stir, give a bit of a jiggle, big, a bit of a bum pat, and he goes from stirring to fuck you <laughs> in about 48 seconds. And <laughs> I'm... I had to just confirm the colour of the thing that we wanted with Audrey. She's another section yeah. of the centre. So I FaceTime Audrey so I can show her the colour. In the background of the FaceTime call, is just... <laughs> he's like doing his best Bruce Dickinson. He's like at the top of his yeah. lungs, right? And do you want me to come? No, I'm fine. 
I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. And I hang up. And like he's so loud now, I can no longer hear the sales assistant who tried to help me. <laughs> and now everyone in the store is looking at me. And yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a couch shop, so it's vast. Yeah, all yeah. right? And I unclip him. And so I've got the- No one can baby. hear the Kenny G. No. <laughs> he's I've got the Ergo so baby- kind of open in front of me, kind of flopped open like the back of a, of, a, of a fabric C-130, you know, just kind of open in the back. And he was wailing, wailing. He's just losing his shit. He'd been asleep for about half an hour at this point. And he just got the shits. I don't know what was up with him. But I was able to very quickly, thankfully from all the practice, put him on his side, hold him tight against me with the left hand, give him a bum pat and, yeah. a, and a bit of a backwards, forwards, almost like a figure eight jiggle, yeah. put a knuckle in his mouth <laughs> yeah. to get him to chomp on something and give him some shush, shush, shush. I mean, the visual for people listening at home, I feel like Osh is like tutoring me on jujitsu right now. Well, the yeah. He's showing the arm position and the knuckle and yeah. everything like that. I'm the, I'm the Hicks and Gracie of, of baby <laughs> shushing. Baby shushing. And, um, I think you put your baby to sleep a whole lot. I've got to be honest with you. Works. <laughs> um, and Not endorsed by dad, Potter. <laughs> <laughs> and thank fuck I've had so much practice at this yeah. because you know, I'll, I'll do this sort of thing every day with him, but he knows that first I hold him like this, then I hold him like that, then I do the pat, 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 shush, mm. shush, shush in a particular rhythm, knuckle in there, you know, just particular jiggle, and within two or three minutes he was asleep again. And well, this is with the whole eyes, all eyes are on me, right? Everyone, yeah. Like people kind of vaguely go, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy from that thing. I've yeah, seen yeah, him on yeah, that yeah. thing. And so I'm like, fuck, here I am. Yeah, yeah. Dad of the year. Yeah. You know, with a baby losing his fucking mind in a nice couch shop. Hey, you know what we'd like to happen after the break? Exactly. The baby stopped crying. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, seriously, there was an old lady who was looking at me, giving me the, if you could make the baby shush soon, that'd be- Oh man, fuck those people. Exactly. Like that happened, I mean, the same plane trip where the poo explosion happened, we've got one of those awesome little, and I know we talked about this way, way, way in the early episodes, but the travel, the yo-yo travel plan, Amazing, we end up buying one. The greatest thing ever. It's yeah. the greatest thing ever. It's, like, it's amazing. You can literally walk it onto the plane. It's so compact. But so we got to the plane and Jem went on with the baby and took in you know, a little bit of hand luggage and I stayed to fold at the thing. And there's this old guy waiting to get on behind us and he wanted to walk around me and I was like mate it'll take two seconds and like it does take two seconds you flick a switch bang boom the thing just folds up but this guy glared at me and it was like what is broken in you man like that you cannot wait two seconds for a young family to get their baby out of a pram onto the plane and then fold up the pram like I understand that you're probably old and you don't have time for this shit but just to be a little bit great just a little bit gracious no the plane is not going to take off to where we're all on anyway so you yeah. get into your seat two seconds faster does not mean shit Sorry, Chuck. it was, it was bugging no, me all day. <laughs> I totally get it. So this lady's giving me the glares. Yeah. And then Wolfie, God bless him, starts to roll back down to 75%, down to 30%, and then boom, he's asleep again. And the sales lady looks up at me and she says, wow, I've got a two-year-old. <laughs> How? What? Tell me. And I said, it's this book. It's called Happiest Baby on the Block by Harvey Karp. It's the five S's. <laughs> get on it. She's like, she wrote it down on a little post-it note. And then everybody's staring at me. Everyone went back to their yeah. couch shopping. But I thought that moment was like, like, you guys only saw this. Don't ever think that I ever do anything differently. Do not be around <laughs> when the baby just is, loses his mind so much that Audrey comes in and I just have to hand him over. Like, let this be your only experience. Like, just try and pretend that there's part times where it does not work <laughs> like this. And I cannot settle him down and I have to hand him over. I would love to see when you settle him down, like someone walk up and say, the prophecy foretold you're coming. <laughs> you are the great one, the settler of babies. 
And everyone starts going, oh, oh. Make it so. <laughs> hey, should we take a call from someone? I am so stoked to get on the phone today. My former colleague from the Brisbane radio station, Hit 105, Mr. Brisbane, the mayor of Brisbane, from Stav, Abby and Matt, the number one breakfast radio show in Brisbane City. He's been on the air there for 11 years. He is the survivor of Australian breakfast radio. Would you please welcome to Dad Pod, Stav. Hello, Stav. Welcome to Dad Pod. How do we find you this summer holidays? Well, it's very ironic that I'm on a Dad Pod because I'm currently at the movies with my daughter and her friends. The mo- is the movie running right now? Are you that guy on the phone? I, the well, I, going? <laughs> I came outside. It's um, my spy with David Batista, so I'm assuming I'll be able to follow the plot when I go back. <laughs> you didn't. They're too young to go see cats. You didn't want to terrify them. Uh, she's already seen it. Actually, she <laughs> loved it. Didn't know what all the fuss was about. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Your daughter is uh, Rory. Is how old now? Seven. What? Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> wow. Charlie and I were talking earlier about dealing with a public meltdown of your baby. Mm-hmm. Can you cast your mind back to when you were by yourself and your wife Kat was off doing something else and you were there with baby in public and everyone's like, what's he going to fucking do? Let's see how he handles this one. <laughs> yeah, like, she didn't do that too much. I mean, everyone, every kid does it at one point or another, but she, was, she wasn't too bad. But I always sort of found that it was just ignoring it was probably the best thing to do for as much as you can, you know, just pretend it's not happening because they want the attention, right? They want you to react to it. Or, you know, failing that, you just buy whatever they're actually demanding and get them to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's the, the Disneyland principle, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, you're, you're a public figure. You're Mr. Brisbane. You can't walk down the street. People know who you are. And yeah. there's Stav standing in the middle of Indrapilly Shopping Centre with his kid, losing it, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. there's Stav being dad of the year. How do you deal with that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I tend to not – maybe Kat more so does get worried by people judging to their parenting. I don't really care what people think about my parenting because at the bottom line, it's between me and Rory and what she thinks about me rather than what everyone else thinks about the job that I'm doing. That doesn't really phase me, and they don't know – what's led up to that point or how she's been all day or what's going on with the rest. She might have not slept all night or she might be feeling sick and it's just, it's none of their business. That is a good point, actually. I mean, that is the mindset I often have to slip into when I'm feeling self-conscious about this kind of stuff is if you were the observer of this situation, are you immediately rushing to judgment? I mean, if you are, you're probably an asshole (laughs) and their opinion doesn't really count. Yeah. I've had the opposite too, though, where people have come up, even, even if she's doing a tantrum or if she's just doing her normal stuff and come up and said things like, you're doing a really good job or, you know, and that's really nice when, when people do the opposite of, of the judging or judge the right way, I guess. When you are taking her out to the, the movies like you are today, you're standing outside while these two kids, one of whom is not yours, but you are in her care. Mm-hmm. You're standing outside in the foyer of a theatre like you like, ah, oh, alone at last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, it was just a joy to get away from the, the movie. I normally like him, but his performance in this movie is awful, Dave Bautista. He, he cannot act. <laughs> Dude, I watched Stuba. He really can't. Yeah. He's a powerful man and extraordinary as a wrestler. But, man, just because you're big and you're playing against type doesn't mean you're. Uh, we couldn't get the rock so we got you. Yeah, yeah, that, there's a lot of that vibe going on, yeah. Uh, well, another thing we talked about on the show today is uh, I had my first aeroplane nappy change uh, uh. incident. Yeah. Which, uh, speaking of having other people looking at you, my baby had a poo explosion and it was a really large one and we were right up the front of the plane. The change table was way at the back, so I had to actually walk all the way down past everyone. <laughs> and as I was carrying that baby with the nappy bag on my shoulder, every single person I walked past, they knew what was about to happen and I could tell 
<laughs> there was, it wasn't so much a judgment, but it was like, how's this going to go? Yeah. Let's yeah. sort of see how long this guy is in the bathroom for. I think a lot of them were expecting me to disappear into that toilet and never come back. <laughs> but I think I did all right. Like it was, it was hairy for a while. My wife made sure that I tested out the table before I put the baby down. That was the one bit of advice she had. But getting into that cramped space and then doing the cleanup job and getting everything done and back out again. Have you had, did you ever do anything like that with your daughter when she was younger? Well, it's funny you say that, and not even um, younger. We just got back from a trip to America and Canada, and on the way back, Rory was sick quite a few times. And um, you know what kids are like? When they want to vomit, it's not like I will go quickly to the bathroom or I will find some sort of um, depository to deposit this in. There was vomit everywhere. Wow. Uh, and, and like multiple times. And that is a time actually we, not that we felt judged by everyone else, but we felt sorry for them because we knew that now everything smelled like vomit and the air hostess was carrying the bags down the aisle with it full of all the, the vomit in it and stuff. And it, it's not pleasant. But generally, most people, like a lady next to us gave us some kids travel calm pills and people were getting her water and stuff. So people were, were all sort of in it together in that situation. But yeah, it's not a nice feeling because you're know, traveling in a plane already is horrible and then to add something up to that you know is affecting the other passengers was, was pretty pretty bad. Well, I think what happens, well, for me at least, it was like once you get something on your hand, then everything you touch is, it starts to spread. So it's like the master's <laughs> apprentice, you know, Mickey Mouse chopping up the, the broomsticks and yep. they just multiply. <laughs> yeah. It's like yep. I'm putting poo everywhere. I can't stop yep. putting poo all over this bathroom. <laughs> I think most of the time I was in there was me just doing a cleanup job, <laughs> Mr. Wolf style, just trying to scrub the bathroom down so I could get out again. Yeah, and it's like that. The, the more you um, scrub, the more it seems to spread. How far out of LAX were you when the when the vomiting began? Take off. Yeah, and then Cat went too for some reason. Cat started vomiting halfway through as well. Was it the airline food or just the travel sickness, motion sickness? Yeah, Rory had a bit of an ear infection. That was probably what that was. And Cat just, I think, yeah, it was it was a big trip, and it was all all too much in the end. Well, I'm 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 the youngest of nine kids, and so we could never really afford to fly anywhere. So it was always like we'd just pile into the back of the Kingswood, like no seat belts, you know, eight kids, and we all used to get motion sickness. So it would just be like that scene in Stand by Me, you know, the pain. (laughs) (laughs) My poor (laughs) mum and dad, I think they just became like immune to it. Just a collection of kids vomiting in the back seat. Yeah, by the by the end of the flight, I was just like, oh, yeah, more vomit. Like, <laughs> once, once it's happened once, you know, it's yeah. already done. It's yeah. Like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Let me just hold my hands out in a scoop and you can just go there. <laughs> <laughs> Until you've held your hands out in a double cup yeah. to collect your kid's vomit on a plane, you, you can't really, you're not really having to earn your stripes as a dad stab, have you? That's true, that's true. I will say one thing that was um, really cool about the trip was we just got back to America and um, Rory was really... Um, affected by the homeless people. Like, she'd never seen it before. Right. Yeah. And she wanted me to give money to every time she saw homeless people. And I had to eventually go, like, we can't do that. But then when she got home, the first thing she did was went to her room and packed up all her old toys and gave them away to um, St. Vincent de Paul. Oh, that's lovely. great. Yeah. That's, I mean, just on, as an aside, you know, we were talking with our kid about the, the bushfire crisis the other day. We were talking to Georgia the other day about this and that, you know, how we'll drive past a homeless person, but we'll feed a stray cat. Because it's safer for us to engage with the empathy towards an animal that's in peril than a human who's, it's very complicated to engage with that peril that that person's in. So, yeah, yeah, if you've never seen it before and you get to Los Angeles and you see there's people living in tents everywhere Mm. and all you've known being brought up by, you know, you and Kat is, you know, people need our help, everyone needs help, suddenly that's so fucking confronting. It's terrifying, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
lovely. It was very, very lovely. It was fucking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> You're just watching this like, yeah. kid, if you only knew. I have waited in line. for That was the last one in the shop that yeah. Christmas. I fought someone at a register for that. I love your big, beautiful heart, but not that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're amazing, Stav. Go back inside and watch Dave Bautista go for his Razzie. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to have a heartwarming bond by the end of the film. I can feel it. <laughs> if the poster's got big red font on it, you know you're in for a good one, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Stav. You're the greatest ever. Thanks, mate. No worries. Thanks, guys. Bye, mate. You can always send us an email, askdadpod at gmail.com. Michael heard me talking about Wolfie's Mark Wahlberg sniper-style mid-nappy peas, yeah. where in between I've got the two nappies on, he just goes, Pitoo! and he gives us this little giggle, man. He gives me a little giggle like the distraction before it happens, <laughs> and if I don't get it in time, Michael's written two simple words for the subject title, Charlie. P-rags. Oh. After listening to an earlier episode where he mentioned, I should mention his son's ability to urinate in the nappy change, I'd share something for those with infant sons. Buy the small, thin face washers, which I call P-rags. Soon as the nappy comes off, place it over your son's willy, and if he decides to pee, it absorbs, gets absorbed by the P-rag. Um, I'm a father of a five-month-old boy. Love listening to the podcast. I think your fame holds some currency with my wife, Osha. What I mentioned, <laughs> Osha said this on Dad Pod. She happily accepts the fact <laughs> that I just told oh, her. Endorsed by Dad Pod. There you go. I love it. And unfortunately, she says, sorry, Charlie, I can't say the same for you. When I mentioned Charlie said this, she just confirms with me. Is that the guy from that stupid Tofoff podcast <laughs> and walks away? Tofoff. <laughs> P-Rags, thank you very much, Michael. Uh, Sean wrote in, said, hi, Charlie. I love all of your content you provide on your pods, including Tofop. <laughs> and was asking about your young one's first flight. We have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a 12-month-year-old. My wife and I shit ourselves before our first child's flight. Uh, she was good, though. She slept most of the time. Uh, gave me a new understanding of crying children on flights, mm. though. I went from being that person that said to myself, I wish those parents would shut that child up, to now being on a flight and going into dad mode, feeling sorry for parents if their child is crying. I now give that nod to the parents and the look that says, it's okay, I know it's hard. You know the one. Yes, I do. I got that look as I was going over to the bathroom times. yesterday. Yeah. Thank you so much. Dad Podgram, if you want to find us on the Instagram. We have a, a Hall of Fame here at Dad Pod where we like to indoctrinate dads that may not necessarily be actual dads, but... Uh, indoctrinate or induct? Induct. <laughs> Indoctrinate's got a different connotation. It sure that does, but wouldn't that be something? You're going to go whether you like it or not into the Hall of I'm Fame. I'm a mum, though. <laughs> uh, we like to induct people into the Dad Pod Hall of Fame. Dads who might not be actual dads, dads uh, from fiction, dads from TV, dads from film. And today, Charlie, you've got one uh, dad from literature. Probably the greatest role model dad ever. Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. Harper Lee's classic uh, novel in the Deep South about civil rights. Atticus Finch, portrayed by Gregory Peck, who is probably cinema's greatest dad, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, him and Jimmy Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. It'd be up there. Yeah, Atticus Finch, I mean, he's often held up as the, he's like the patron saint of lawyers, a civil rights yeah. lawyer who does the right thing no matter what the odds are, but also teaches his kids great lessons. Scout, what was the other one called? I can't remember. Piper? Piper, no, Scout, Bun, something, whatever, who cares? Yeah. I did remember there's one particular moment about- Single dad too, worth pointing out. Absolutely. What I loved uh, about what Atticus Finch did, he sent his daughter over the road to read books to the lady across the street who was dying of cancer and- was taking liquid morphine and 
the daughter never understood why until way later on. And just understand, oh, he just knew that being read to by a little girl was a distraction to keep this woman who was dying horribly painful death for a couple of hours a day. We just hear this beautiful little girl's voice, a little boy's voice. I can't remember. I just remember him teaching his kids empathy and compassion for his neighbour. Yeah, like, I mean, he is a, he's, he's the Optimus Prime, a previous ah. inductee. He's the Optimus Prime of classic literature. He sure uh, is. Based on Hapley's dad, I believe, who was a, a lawyer in the deep, a civil rights lawyer in the deep wow. south. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. He had some pretty decent quotes in it. He's quoted all the time. Isn't Lay he? one on me. Well, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. I mean, that does have a, a slight silence of the Lambsian. <laughs> I don't think he was quite, you know, <laughs> professing Buffalo Bill's work yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Next week on Dad Pod Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Into the Dad Ball of Fame. But yeah, the idea of, you know, it's an, he's an extraordinary dad and the values that he teaches his kids were, you know, something I guess that we all aspire to. And no doubt responsible for thousands of young boys being named Atticus by hopeful parents. Without a doubt. Atticus Finch. Dad Pod salutes you. It's Dad Pod, Dad Pod. Charlie, I've off to go to do the other thing that, I don't know, my boss, Sean, who's the head of TV at Warner Brothers that make The Bachelor and Bachelorette and Masked Singer, he likes to say, he says, listen, mate, I don't go to church, but I still pay a tithing. 10% goes to Bunnings. <laughs> and so we're off to church today. There's the the cathedral, which is the one at Alexandria in Sydney, uh, which is the one of the, the massive mega, fucking mega ones. two floor bunnings. But there's also the chapel, which is the little one. But I think we're going to the cathedral today. I've seriously, I'm at Bunnings. I was at Bunnings Did twice a day. Do they offer a vegan uh, option for the sausage sizzle? They do not yet. Not yet. A ve- but at the public school nearby here, where we go on election day, vegan, gluten free election mm. day sausages. Democracy sausages. We you live, know we you're can in tell the East Side. The quinoa curtain. The quinoa curtain. Oh, fuck, I love it. Yeah, even though this is a liberal seat, yeah, there's definitely there's vegan gluten free sausages at the uh, Democracy Sausage Day here in Australia, which is a uh, you know we're pretty lucky to live in this part of the city. Uh, if you are affected by the bushfires, we love you. Let us know what we can do. Ask dadpod at gmail.com. If you would like to help, Tofop has an extraordinary bushfire appeal. You can find it at tofop.com. It's a GoFundMe page. It's already right. They look for five grand. They're well over 80 at this point. They're, they're going to crack the 100 if they haven't already. Well, we can with your help. As a country, we are. We need to come together and we need to tell the people that look after us that this is not okay and we need some proper fucking looking after. This is not a world that we want to raise our children in, none of us. So let's all work on that because that's what's going to have to happen. All right. Until next week, go to bed. Go to bed.